Section three of South Sea Tales by Jack London. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Whale Tooth. It was in the early days in Fiji, when John Starhurst arose in the mission house at Rewa Village and announced his intention of carrying the gospel throughout all Viti Levu now viti levu means great land it being the largest island in a group composed of many large islands to say nothing of hundreds of small ones here and there on the coasts living by most precarious tenure was a sprinkling of missionaries traders bishtemer fishers and whale-ship deserters the smoke of the hot ovens arose under their windows and the bodies of the slain were dragged by their doors on the way to the feasting the luchu or the worship was progressing slowly and often in crab-like fashion chiefs who announced themselves christians and were welcome into the body of the chapel had a distressing habit of backsliding in order to partake of the flesh of some favorite enemy eat or be eaten had been the law of the land and eat or be eaten promised to remain the law of the land for a long time to come there were chiefs such as tanoa tuvikoso and tukilakila who had literally eaten hundreds of their fellow-men but among these gluttons ra andre andre ranked highest ra andre andre lived in takiraki he kept a register of his gustatory exploits a row of stones outside his house marked the bodies he had eaten this row was two hundred and thirty paces long and the stones in it numbered eight hundred and seventy-two each stone represented a body the row of stones might have been longer had not ra andre andre unfortunately received a spear in the small of his back in a bush skirmish on somosomo and had been served up on the table of non gavuli whose mediocre string of stones numbered only forty-eight the hard-worked fever-stricken missionaries stuck doggedly to their task at times despairing and looking forward for some special manifestation some outburst of pentecostal fire that would bring a glorious harvest of souls but cannibal fiji had remained obdurate the frizzle-headed man-eaters were loath to leave their flesh-pots so long as the harvest of human carcasses was plentiful sometimes when the harvest was too plentiful they imposed on the missionaries by letting the word slip out that on such a day there would be a killing and a barbecue promptly the missionaries would buy the lives of the victims with stick tobacco fathoms of calico and quarts of trade beads nathless the chiefs drove a handsome trade in thus disposing of their surplus live meat also they could always go out and catch more it was at this juncture that john starhurst proclaimed that he would carry the gospel from coast to coast of the great land and that he would begin 
by penetrating the mountain fastnesses of the headwaters of the Rewa River. His words were received with consternation. The native teachers wept softly. His two fellow missionaries strove to dissuade him. The king of Rewa warned him that the mountain dwellers would surely kai kai him, kai kai meaning to eat, and that he, the king of Rewa, having become Luchu, would be put to the necessity of going to war with the mountain dwellers. That he could not conquer them, he was perfectly aware. That they might come down the river and sack Rewa village, he was likewise perfectly aware. But what was he to do? If John Starhurst persisted in going out and being eaten, there would be a war that would cost hundreds of lives. Later in the day, a deputation of Rewa chiefs waited upon John Starhurst. He heard them patiently, and argued patiently with them, though he abated not a whit from his purpose. To his fellow missionaries he explained that he was not bent upon martyrdom, that the call had come for him to carry the gospel into Vitilivu, and that he was merely obeying the Lord's wish to the traders who came and objected most strenuously of all he said your objections are valueless they consist merely of the damage that may be done your businesses you are interested in making money but i am interested in saving souls the heathen of this dark land must be saved john starhurst was not a fanatic he would have been the first man to deny the imputation he was eminently sane and practical he was sure that his mission would result in good and he had private visions of igniting the pentecostal spark in the souls of the mountaineers and of inaugurating a revival that would sweep down out of the mountains and cross the length and breadth of the great land from sea to sea into the isles in the midst of the sea there were no wild lights in his mild gray eyes but only calm resolution and an unfaltering trust in the higher power that was guiding him one man only he found who approved of his project and that was ravatu who secretly encouraged him and offered to lend him guides to the first foothills john starhurst in turn was greatly pleased by ravatu's conduct from an incorrigible heathen with a heart as black as his practices ravatu was beginning to emanate light he even spoke of becoming luchu true three years before he had expressed a similar intention and would have entered the church had not john starhurst entered objection to his bringing his four wives along with him ravatu had had economic and ethical objections to monogamy besides the missionary's hair-splitting objection had offended him and to prove that he was a free agent and a man of honor he had swung his huge war-club over starhurst's head starhurst had escaped by rushing in under the club and holding on to him until help arrived but all that was now forgiven and forgotten ravatu was coming into the church not merely as a converted heathen but as a converted polygamist as well he was only waiting he assured starhurst 
until his oldest wife who was very sick should die john starhurst journeyed up the sluggish Drewa in one of ravatu's canoes this canoe was to carry him for two days when the head of navigation reached it would return far in the distance lifted into the sky could be seen the great smoky mountains that marked the backbone of the great land all day john starhurst gazed at them with eager yearning sometimes he prayed silently at other times he was joined in prayer by narau a native teacher who for seven years had been luchu ever since the day he had been saved from the hot oven by dr james ellery brown at the trifling expense of one hundred sticks of tobacco two cotton blankets and a large bottle of painkiller at the last moment after twenty hours of solitary supplication and prayer narau's ears had heard the call to go forth with john starhurst on the mission to the mountains master i will surely go with thee he had announced john starhurst had hailed him with sober delight truly the lord was with him thus to spur on so broken-spirited a creature as narau i am indeed without spirit the weakest of the lord's vessels narau explained the first day in the canoe you should have faith stronger faith the missionary chided him another canoe journeyed up the rewa that day but it journeyed an hour astern and it took care not to be seen this canoe was also the property of ravatu in it was ararola ravatu's first cousin and trusted henchman and in the small basket that never left his hand was a whale tooth it was a magnificent tooth fully six inches long beautifully proportioned the ivory turned yellow and purple with age this tooth was likewise the property of ravatu and in fiji when such a tooth goes forth things usually happen for this is the virtue of the whale tooth whoever accepts it cannot refuse the request that may accompany it or follow it the request may be anything from a human life to a tribal alliance and no fijian is so dead to honor as to deny the request when once the tooth has been accepted sometimes the request hangs fire or the fulfillment is delayed with untoward consequences high up the rewa at the village of a chief mongandro by name john starhurst rested at the end of the second day of the journey in the morning attended by narau he expected to start on foot for the smoky mountains that were now green and velvety with nearness mongandro was a sweet-tempered mild-mannered little old chief short-sighted and afflicted with elephantiasis and no longer inclined toward the turbulence of war he received the missionary with warm hospitality gave him food from his own table and even discussed religious matters with him mongandro was of an inquiring bent of mind and pleased john starhurst greatly 
by asking him to account for the existence and beginning of things when the missionary had finished his summary of the creation according to genesis he saw that mongondro was deeply affected the little old chief smoked silently for some time then he took the pipe from his mouth and shook his head sadly it cannot be he said i mongondro in my youth was a good woodman with the ads yet three months did it take me to make a canoe a small canoe a very small canoe and you say that all this land and water was made by one man nay was made by one god the only true god the missionary interrupted it is the same thing mongondro went on that all the land and all the water the trees the fish and bush and mountains the sun the moon and the stars were made in six days no no i tell you that in my youth i was an able man yet did it require me three months for one small canoe it is a story to frighten children with but no man can believe it i am a man the missionary said true you are a man but it is not given to my dark understanding to know what you believe i tell you i do believe that everything was made in six days so you say so you say the old cannibal murmured soothingly it was not until after john starhurst and narrow had gone off to bed that Ararola crept into the chief's house and after diplomatic speech handed the whale tooth to mongondro the old chief held the tooth in his hands for a long time it was a beautiful tooth and he yearned for it also he divined the request that must accompany it no no whale teeth were beautiful and his mouth watered for it but he passed it back to Ararola with many apologies in the early dawn john starhurst was afoot striding along the bush trail in his big leather boots at his heels the faithful narrow himself at the heels of a naked guide lent him by mongondro to show the way to the next village which was reached by midday here a new guide showed the way a mile in the rear plodded Ararola the whale-tooth in the basket slung on his shoulder for two days more he brought up the missionary's rear offering the tooth to the village chiefs but village after village refused the tooth it followed so quickly the missionary's advent that they divined the request that would be made and would have none of it they were getting deep into the mountains and Ararola took a secret trail cut in ahead of the missionary and reached the stronghold of the bully of gatoka now the bully was unaware of john starhurst's imminent arrival also the tooth was beautiful an extraordinary specimen while the coloring of it was of the rarest order the tooth was presented publicly the bully of gatoka seated on his best mat surrounded by his chief men three busy fly-brushers at his back deigned to receive from the hand of his herald the whale tooth presented by ravatu and carried into the mountains by his cousin Ararola. 
a clapping of hands went up at the acceptance of the present the assembled headmen heralds and fly-brushers crying aloud in chorus ay woy 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 ay woy 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 ah tabua livu woy woy ah majua 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 soon will come a man a white man arirola began after the proper pause he is a missionary man and he will come to-day ravatu is pleased to desire his boots he wishes to present them to his good friend mongondro and it is in his mind to send them with the feet along in them for mongondro is an old man and his teeth are not good be sure o oh bully that the feet go along in the boots as for the rest of him it may stop here the delight in the well-tooth faded out of the bully's eyes and he glanced about him dubiously yet he had already accepted the tooth a little thing like a missionary does not matter arirola prompted no a little thing like a missionary does not matter the bully answered himself again mongondro shall have the boots go you young men some three or four of you and meet the missionary on the trail be sure you bring back the boots as well it is too late said arirola listen he comes now breaking through the thicket of brush john starhurst with naro close on his heels strode upon the scene the famous boots having filled in wading the stream squirted fine jets of water at every step starhurst looked about him with flashing eyes upborne by an unwavering trust untouched by doubt or fear he exulted in all he saw he knew that since the beginning of time he was the first white man ever to tread the mountain stronghold of Gatoka. the grass houses clung to the steep mountainside or overhung the rushing rewa on either side towered a mighty precipice at the best three hours of sunlight penetrated that narrow gorge no coconuts nor bananas were to be seen though dense tropic vegetation overran everything dripping in airy festoons from the sheer lips of the precipices and running riot in all the crannied ledges at the far end of the gorge the rewa leaped eight hundred feet in a single span while the atmosphere of the rock fortress pulsed to the rhythmic thunder of the fall from the bully's house john starhurst saw emerging the bully and his followers i bring you good tidings was the missionary's greeting who has sent you the bully rejoined quietly god it is a new name in vitilivu the bully grinned of what islands villages or passes may he be chief he is the chief over all islands all villages all passes john starhurst answered solemnly he is the lord over heaven and earth and i am come to bring his word to you has he sent whale teeth was the insolent query no but more precious than whale teeth is the it is the custom between chiefs to send whale teeth the bully interrupted your chief is either a niggard or you are a fool to come empty-handed into the mountains behold 
a more generous than you is before you so saying he showed the whale tooth he had received from Ararola. narao groaned it is the whale tooth of ravatu he whispered to starhurst i know it well now we are undone a gracious thing the missionary answered passing his hand through his long beard and adjusting his glasses ravatu has arranged that we should be well received but narao groaned again and backed away from the heels he had dogged so faithfully ravatu is soon to become luchu starhurst explained and i have come bringing the luchu to you i want none of your luchu said the bully proudly and it is in my mind that you will be clubbed this day the bully nodded to one of his big mountaineers who stepped forward swinging a club narao bolted to the nearest house seeking to hide among the woman and mats but john starhurst sprang in under the club and threw his arms around his executioner's neck from this point of vantage he proceeded to argue he was arguing for his life and he knew it but he was neither excited nor afraid it would be an evil thing for you to kill me he told the man i have done you no wrong nor have i done the bully wrong so well did he cling to the neck of the one man that they dared not strike with their clubs and he continued to cling and to dispute for his life with those who clamored for his death i am john starhurst he went on calmly i have labored in fiji for three years and i have done it for no profit i am here among you for good why should any man kill me to kill me will not profit any man the bully stole a look at the whale tooth he was to be well paid for the deed the missionary was surrounded by a mass of naked savages all struggling to get at him the death song which is the song of the oven was raised and his expostulations could no longer be heard but so cunningly did he twine and wreathe his body about his captors that the death blow could not be struck Ararola smiled and the bully grew angry away with you he cried a nice story to go back to the coast a dozen of you and one missionary without weapons weak as a woman overcoming all of you wait o oh bully john starhurst called out from the thick of the scuffle and i will overcome even you for my weapons are truth and right and no man can withstand them come to me then the bully answered for my weapon is only a poor miserable club and as you say it cannot withstand you the group separated from him and john starhurst stood alone facing the bully who was leaning on an enormous knotted war-club come to me missionary man and overcome me the bully challenged even so will i come to you and overcome you john starhurst made answer first wiping his spectacles and settling them properly then beginning his advance the bully raised the club and waited in the first place my death will profit you nothing 
began the argument i leave the answer to my club was the bully's reply and to every point he made the same reply at the same time watching the missionary closely in order to forestall that cunning run-in under the lifted club then for the first time john starhurst knew that his death was at hand he made no attempt to run in bareheaded he stood in the sun and prayed aloud the mysterious figure of the inevitable white man who with bible bullet or rum bottle has confronted the amazed savage in his every stronghold even so stood john starhurst in the rock fortress of the bully of gatoka forgive them for they know not what they do he prayed o oh lord have mercy upon fiji have compassion for fiji o oh, jehovah hear us for his sake thy son whom thou didst give that through him all men might also become thy children from thee we came and our mind is that to thee we may return the land is dark o lord the land is dark but thou art mighty to save reach out thy hand o lord and save fiji poor cannibal fiji the bully grew impatient now i will answer thee he muttered at the same time swinging his club with both hands narrow hiding among the women and the mats heard the impact of the blow and shuddered then the death song arose and he knew his beloved missionary's body was being dragged to the oven as he heard the words drag me gently drag me gently for i am the champion of my land give thanks give thanks give thanks next a single voice arose out of the din asking where is the brave man a hundred voices bellowed the answer gone to be dragged into the oven and cooked where is the coward the single voice demanded gone to report the hundred voices bellowed back gone to report gone to report narrow groaned in anguish of spirit the words of the old song were true he was the coward and nothing remained to him but to go and report end of the whale tooth